Welcome to another episode of Roll the Credits. This week uh, on Season 2, Episode 3, we are discussing all things Robert Downey Jr., getting into some of his old work and some of his newer work, um, which bring up some great talking points throughout between myself and Tina, as always. So thank you guys for tuning in, and please enjoy Robert Downey Jr. Sunny's is it her birthday or is it her gotcha day? It is technically her gotcha day, um, but I don't really like it. I, I think that when I brought when I adopted her, you know, brought her onto my family, it just you know kind of changed to her birthday. Okay. Um, so today is Sunny's birthday, which most of you or some of you that follow me on social media probably saw. I posted the one year ago uh, picture of, mm-hmm. of adopting her with her coat on. Um, but yeah, it was somehow one year ago today that that little angel came home. And, you know, we don't really know how old she is. We don't really know the, you know, what mix of breeds that she is. Uh, I did get her a, a birthday bone, a birthday toy. Um, how nice. How's and, how's fatherhood been treating you? I think very good. I think it's a good look on me. Dog yeah. fatherhood. Then. Dog fatherhood, not not a um, baby. Not I think babies. like the perfect. No, I think like the perfect mix of responsibility. Obviously, much much less than the child. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But also, a good step up in responsibility to be able to make sure that you're, you know, taking them out, you know, giving them exercise, feeding them, coming home, whether you're drinking or not, and. Um, yeah, I think, uh, over the past year, I would hope that people closest to me would agree that I have become more responsible in many areas. And I, you know, attribute a lot of that to Sunny. And I think that she would be uh, quite happy if you guys could see her now. She has sprawled across my pillows, passed out. Um, she got an extra long walk as well as some of those things. And I think I'm going to buy her the, uh, DNA test that that's like an ancestry.com for yeah, dogs. For dogs. Uh, then you can see what she is. Right. And so maybe they could tell your... To, could do they tell you the age of the dog? There's probably something out there that I can figure it out. The thing is, is like when dogs get like found on the streets or whatever, two vets look at them and you know try to guess. And but the two vets' opinions were so different that mm-hmm. it was hard for me to pick one or the other. Like one said she was less, you know, under two years old, mm-hmm. which I would love to say that that's true. But another one said that she was like five and a half. So it's very big differences. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, for sure. I could split the middle and say it's third birthday, fourth birthday, but you know, it's yeah. just her birthday. Um, but you know, so many people on the streets, you know, will ask like, Oh, what is she? Or, you know, what breed is she? And you know, I can't answer that question. Yeah. Um, you would like so to, that's nice. I think, I think I would. So I think, you know, maybe in a, a month or so we'll, uh, we'll, we'll put that in part of the, uh, the spending for the month and, and get a, if, an ancestry. Kit. If I ever run into a vet, uh, I will uh, certainly ask the vet to take a look at your pup. Mm, yes. Show yes. pictures. My, yep. um, my mother, um, she's a very smart lady. God bless her soul. Um, genuinely thinks that she is part deer. And when I, <laughs> when I say, when I say like part deer, like she thinks a dog had sex with a deer and, <laughs> um, which, 
I mean, if I had the first deer dog, that'd be awesome. But I don't think that's what mix she is. Uh, my dad thinks that she's part dingo, which probably is a little bit closer to the truth, since she looks kind of like the Australian dingoes. Um, but yeah, I don't know. She's 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 got that uh, you know really nice uh, you know kind of brownish. What's it? What do they call that? Forget what they call it, but she had a very nice coat that kind of you know would fit a German Shepherd or you know mm-hmm. uh, a Rottweiler or but she really could be anything. She got those big ears. She's kind of condensed, tiny. Yeah, like I think that energy. maybe we should uh, post a picture of Sunny um, on uh, the Roller Credit Social just so that um, the mm-hmm. people listening can then refer to our Instagram and Good view idea. view Sunny in all of her glory. Good idea. So big, uh, big cat from Barstool. Uh huh. You know who that is? Yes. He uh, he has a dog that looks almost identical to Sunny. Yeah. If you look up some of his uh, tweets, you know he posts her every once in a while, and it it looks just like a little bit older, fatter, less athletic version of Sunny. Yeah, and of just course, like Sunny in like five years. Could <laughs> I think Sunny will still be um, athletic in five years? She's really fast. Yeah, has she ever uh, like ran off and you've had to chase her down and you've like almost been not able to do so? So the one story that I like, so I don't really like to take her off the leash just because I don't know her tendencies. Like she loves squirrels and birds and other dogs, Mm -hmm. but she does listen to me so well. So like, I don't know exactly what she would do. Um, I take her to dog parks, like obviously as a fence and take her off the leash and she runs like crazy. But the one story was the after like a, a month after I got her, I had a softball game and I thought, oh yeah, I finally have a dog. Let me bring her, tie her up. It'll be cute. Like she'll be in the dugout. It wasn't cute. It was a disaster. <laughs> um, you were like, so I brought her. Oh, I'm gonna get some chicks with this dog. Yeah, chicks thought it'd be like, oh, like he she's sitting so watching, you know, me play softball. And so I tied her up right in the bench, and she would not stop barking for the <laughs> like she just bark, 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 bark. And, um, I'm in, I play center field. And so I like said, okay, I'll be right back. I'm in center field and tie her up, bark, 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 bark. And then she stops barking for like 10 seconds. I'm like, okay, calm down. That's nice. And like, everyone's like, obviously like shut this fucking dog up. (laughs) And while the 10, 10 to 15 seconds that she stopped barking, she was biting her leash. She's very smart dog. She bit her leash fully through. And got loose and I like saw her and I was like, oh my God. But she didn't try to run away. She tried to run into the field to center field to me. That's so, so she, sweet. So she like got into the field and I was like, Sonny, you can't do that. So I went, scooped her up, had a backup leash, which I put her, um, and I, and then there was like a few girls that were like there just kind of hanging out that I knew. I was like, can you just watch her just in case? And so they were like playing fetch with her a little bit and then they tied her back up and same thing out in bark, 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 bark. I was out in center field. She bit through the second leash, ran right out to center field. And so then I had to pick her up and put her in the car while I played the rest of the game. So I hope it wasn't too hot out. No, it was a cool, cool night. It was like nine o'clock at night. Okay. Um, good. But I had the window down a little bit, but, um, yeah. And that, that was also to be fair, like in the first, like she had really bad separation anxiety for the first like four or five months I yeah. had her. She really didn't want to be away from me. Um, you know, when I would go to work, it was a big ordeal. She, you know, ripped up the room and had to train her that it was okay. So I don't know what I'm she would back. do now. I'm coming back. But you were there the one time in Concha Hawk and I brought her where she was like just being a pain in the ass too yeah, with she the was. other dog and stuff. So she, I don't know. It would be interesting to see what she would do. I don't think I'd trust her quite yet. 
But she has never run away. Like I said, she loves me so much that if she ran after a squirrel or a dog, I don't think it'd be something where she would like get lost. She would, I think, come back eventually. Which is good. That's all you can ask for. That's all you can ask for in a daughter. So yes, fatherhood has taught me taught me a lot of things and treated me well and good many years to. Well, that's a great way to test out your responsibility level. Um, yes. I just got some more plants. and <laughs> man. It is like that is, that is on the spectrum. It's, like, you know, plants is a little bit lower down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And cats yeah. right in the middle. Um, so in the middle, you know, child. Yeah, no, sir, yeah, child is like a completely different level that. Um, yeah, I think I'll be ready in like 12 years. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe 15. Oh, <laughs> um, But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm going to have to start getting some plants, and I haven't had success with plants, so maybe you'll have to teach me how to take care of plants. Yeah, I definitely will do that. Um, I will say I have a I have a killed a plant, um, mm. but that's okay. That's one of, of many. Oh, it's one of many. Um, okay. I just get n- – well, I hope one. not. I'm one for one. I actually might strangle you if you killed a dog, whether it be on purpose or by accident. If it were on purpose, though, I'd... Do you have the capability of killing a dog on purpose? No, I don't know. No, I don't. What do you mean, I don't know? You've known me for like eight years. I don't have the capability of doing that. Dude, I think when some people are pushed to a certain level, they can... Stop saying that. People (laughs) might believe you. (laughs) my God. Guys, Calpin would never kill a dog. Um, I ran over a squirrel for the first time this past week, and I really struggled with it. Did you? I'm so sorry. That sounded so condescending. No, 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 no. I'm serious. I'm very sorry to hear that. I've never hit an animal, and I hope to never do so because I think I might cry. Yeah, no, I couldn't. All animals, outside of turkeys, I'd fucking kill every turkey I've ever seen in my life. Snakes. I don't like snakes. Snakes freak me the fuck out. I can't do reptiles. But do you think you'd be able to kill it with, like, your bare hands? Well, no, I certainly wouldn't do that. I'd be too terrified. I'd run motherfucking way. But so if you had a gun, would you just shoot a snake or would you just run away? I would run away. Okay. But if it See, started coming so- after me, I would shoot it. I have so much hatred towards turkeys. I think I'd seek them out. You can go turkey saw- hunting. That's a I thing. I think if I saw one in the distance and it wasn't bothering me, I think I'd run after it. That makes me sound really bad. And I'm sorry. I'm a, I'm a lover of all animals. But I, as you guys know, I've worked at a turkey farm and scarred me a little bit for with turkeys because they're enough. just miserable animals. I think they're... True. You you don't know. I don't know. Until you've been in a pen with a thousand of them and they're pecking at you and just want to try, trying to kill you. <laughs> um, but and, did you wear long sleeves and long pants or were they just like pecking actually at your body? No, the, the miserable experience that was me working at a turkey farm, I had to wear boots, denim jeans, and long sleeves, as well as a fucking hat and gloves in these 105-degree pens with thousands of grown-up turkeys and clean their water and feed them as they were getting um, ready to Can I just miserable. ask you what the why you said denim jeans? Aren't all jeans denim? I don't know. I could have been wearing jeggings. Jeggings aren't jeans, though. <laughs> There's no other material for jeans besides denim? No, that's why they're jeans. 
You don't call like your black pants that you wear to work or whatever jeans unless they're made of denim. There's different colors of denim. Shall we get started on the episode? I guess we can. Okay. Just don't Thank you guys so much call for them denim jeans again. It's redundant and unnecessary. Just drink your natural light, okay? And just <laughs> it is Spindrift. <laughs> we are sponsored by Spindrift. Just kidding. We have no sponsors. <laughs> um, but seriously, if you guys like seltzers, Spindrift is the top of all seltzers. It's not. There's it. no alcohol in it. So that's no. What is this, Tina? What are we doing here? All seltzers nowadays in this 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 age are alcoholic seltzers. Well, Nobody wants I to have a airy air. Okay. Okay. This has real squeezed fruit in it. Does it have real squeezed vodka? No. Please next. No. You can just fucking add the vodka, man. Well, it doesn't have the other alcoholic substances that are in seltzers, which I don't know what they are. Yeah, maybe that's probably better. I don't know. Do you like alcoholic seltzers? Yeah, occasionally. Like, I like them, but I have to be in the mood for that. Like, I like them in the summertime. Um, But also, if I only drink, like, a couple, like, it does nothing. So, I have to, like, pound them until you feel something. Honestly, there have been times where I have dumped vodka in an alcoholic seltzer. Mm. You're a degenerate. I am. This is why you have plants and no dogs. That is correct. I'm kidding. Um, okay, so we are here at Roll the Credits, episode 31, or as Apple has finally um, switched over, we're in season two, episode three. It has broken it up, as you guys probably have seen, which uh, makes my OCD very happy. And we are excited to continue into season two here with one of the best actors uh, really spanning over decades uh, now. And has kind of reinvented himself as well as his career. Uh, You know, obviously he went through a very public battle with um, addiction and, you Mm -hmm. know, kind of got himself clean in the public eye. One of the very few actors uh, or entertainment folk to, to do so publicly and uh, has gone through, obviously been a huge part of the Marvel series, um, you know, starting as Iron Man, being Iron Man one, two, and three, and then all the Avengers movies as well, which I believe he has just finally closed the chapter on in this last one. Um, we are not Avengers people here, but you know, obviously we understand the the fandom behind it, and you know, kind of what it has done to the movie world and cinema world overall. So you know, he's played an integral part in that. But we took a look at two movies here that that weren't in the Marvel universe. Uh, obviously, by now, I would hope you know we're talking about Robert Downey Jr. And uh, really a spectacular actor that we were excited to yeah. look into. Um, you looked into a little bit of an older or more recent movie than I have. I looked at back uh, at a classic that kind of has just slipped my list uh, over the years and I never got to watch it. So I was happy to be able to uh, to tune in. But, um, you know, I think I'll let you go first, Tina, since I went first last time. All um, right. Robert Downey Jr. here on episode 31 of Roll, Roll the, the Credits. Credits. Great. Um, so I watched The Judge. Um, Robert Downey Jr. was the main character. Um, supporting roles included Robert Duvall and Vincent D'Onofrio, uh, who you probably would know from um, Law and Order Criminal Intent if you ever watched that. Um, I'm pretty sure everybody's watched at least one episode of one type of Law and Order. Um, but 
So the movie The Judge is about Hank, who is played by Robert Downey Jr. And he is this kind of shady lawyer um, from a small town. Um, but, you know, he he makes it big. Uh, big time in the city and um, is sort of living his life in the city doesn't really go back home doesn't have much of a connection with his uh, family Um, he is in the process of divorcing his current wife um, and his mom dies so he goes back home and starts up this you know he he was back into everything that he wanted to escape from really and um he finds out that um his you know his he you so when you're watching the movie that you see that his dad is just like they butt heads they're the same person and they just go at it they do not have a good relationship um and he kind of just writes him off. Um, and then throughout the movie, you sort of find out the why behind that. Um, I will not spoil that. Um, but, you know, it's a turning point for Hank being back home um, after his mother dies. And uh, he actually ends up defending his father in a case. Um, his father's the a judge in that little town that they that he grew up in. And... Um, even though his dad drives him insane, um, and they kind of hate each other, but don't at the same time, um, he takes that case and he defends his father and does everything in his power to, uh, you know, make sure that his father gets a good trial and that he has a good defense, um, and all of that. Um, but overall, great movie. Um, I liked it a lot. Um, it was, I think it was one of my favorite movies that I've watched for this. Uh, it was really well done. Um, although I'm a little pissed, Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 48% and that's very low. Um, IMDB gave it a 7.4, which is, you know, a solid score. Uh, I'm going to lock it in at a 7.9. Wow, that's high. That's very high for you. Mm-hmm. That's high for the highest, so we forget about your fake La La Land. Yeah, I, we don't or talk no, we about that. We always do this. Eight O is your highest. I always forget. Yeah, because of Spotlight. Um, I've seen it. Uh, it is a very good movie. I, I thought it was a little slow when yeah, I watched it. Yeah, it's definitely slow. But, yeah, I mean, that cast and, and obviously Downey Jr. kind of carries it for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, and you know, there's humor in it too. So yes, it is this very serious movie, but they sprinkle in just the right amount of humor, I think, to like kind of make you smile throughout it. And mm-hmm. you know, I don't think it was like a feel good movie by any means. Um, but I think relatable for a lot. Yeah, of yeah, people. yeah, for sure. It had it had the rawness of human emotion that I love in a movie, but it also you know, and it shows the ways that we are fucked up as humans, the ways that we you know, like the things that we inherit that, you know, are, are not necessarily as great as some of the other things that we inherit. Um, but I think it did a great job of just sort of portraying that and portraying escaping a small town and kind of just running from the life that you had because you want something different. Um, so that leads into my question of 
Have you ever felt like you needed to just completely start over, go somewhere new, and just start from scratch again? Or, like, is that something that you've ever desired to do? Um, I don't think it was anything that I thought I needed to start over. It's hard because, like, like we've talked about in here so many times, you know, I always felt really lucky to have uh, – you know, be close with my family, but also have a close group of friends from multiple different areas. Yeah. A very close group of high school friends as well as college friends who eventually mixed, you know, over the time, you know, kind of hanging out with, with each other. You know, I think in a lot of the cases where people feel like they have to, um, you know, where they have to leave or they have to reinvent themselves, it's when they don't have anywhere else to go, you know, when they don't have, uh, those close friends mm-hmm. to talk to or to hang out with or family to go back and talk with. Um, so I've always considered myself very fortunate to have those things. So I don't think it was ever a case where I was like, oh, I would love to pick up and go and, mm-hmm. you know, never, never look back. Um, but in the career that I wanted, uh, you know, out of school, which again, we've talked about in here, which was to, you know, be on the radio or TV, a lot of those um, opportunities were in kind of middle of nowhere places yeah. where, you know, I would had to have to pick up and go and I would have done it. You know, it wasn't something that scared me, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and uh, I think, you know, I think looking back on it, you know, you know, I'll never know what the right decision would have been um, to pick up and go to Kansas or to Texas, um, or just try to make it out in, you know, LA or New York or these other places, you know, that, you know, you hear a lot of people have the success from, but also Mm -hmm. you hear a lot of people have the failure from. So it wasn't, it wasn't something that I shied away from. It was something I really considered. Um, and it was something that I had a job offer, uh, in my inbox to, to move to either Austin, two job offers to Austin, Texas, or to um, in the middle of nowhere, Kansas, and you would have died in the middle of nowhere, Kansas. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of varying factors, you know, and I think so many things in life timelines come into play. Yeah, if that if those two letters were to come nine months later, I probably would have probably would have taken one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if those were to come six months earlier, I would have wouldn't have even applied for them. So I think it shows you, you know, that that timing is very important, but it wasn't the location or the, the, the the fear of picking up and being in the middle of nowhere Mm -hmm. or not having anyone to turn to that, that never really scared me. It was just measuring a lot of different things, you know, measuring relationships at the time, friendships at the time, money um, that I was going to be making the economics of living on your own right away compared to, you know, I knew I had the ability to move in with my cousin with paying no rent for nine months. Um, you know, those things make a big difference. And yeah, they really do. You know, I think, uh, you know, kind of weighing all of those options were the reasons that I stayed, but it was never the fear of picking up and going somewhere that mm-hmm. I wasn't comfortable with because I love to travel. Um, and I think that this country has so many, just this country alone, let alone the world, but, you know, has so many things to offer and totally. so many so many different experiences and the way that people live and act and talk and, you know, kind of hang out can differ so much from state to state, city to city, town to town. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's exciting. You know, I I don't know if I want to live in the greater Philadelphia area for the rest of my life uh, because there's just so much out there to offer. I've been to 
so many great cities uh, around the country already that, you know, it would be so great to, you know, live for six months to a year and, you know, bounce around, but there's always varying factors that you have to take into consideration. I think. Um, Have you been anywhere where people are like, Oh, are you from Philly because of the way you talk? Has that happened to you at all? No, that actually hasn't happened to me. I don't think I carry any type of accent or, the typical Philly demeanor that, you know, people might be have, you know, become accustomed to across (laughs) the nation. You know, I, obviously I think me in the sport fandoms that I have allow me to be a little bit different than a lot of the Philly scumbags, um, you know, (laughs) around. And I think I can say that because I do live in Philly and, uh, you know, there are a lot of scumbags that, um, you know, like the Eagles or the Mm -hmm. Phillies or the Sixers. And I've been one of those Philly scumbags myself for sure, but, uh, nobody's ever come up to me and been like, are you from Philly? Um, right. No, I just mean like sort of in conversation, like you're talking to a random person from wherever and they're like, where are you from? And no, no, it's never. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, never, never has, has come up. What about you? You think, uh, you'd have the ability to, to pick up and and move and, and, and not look back or what? Yeah. You know, I think that would be fun in a lot of ways, but you know, going home is always a nice thing. Um, you know, I love my parents, you know, uh, seeing them is great. And then just sort of like extended family, like, you know, neighbors and, and close long time, close family friends who have become, you know, family to us. Um, so yeah, I would, I would definitely miss that. Um, but you know, I, I don't feel so attached to, to there. I don't feel so attached to, I don't know. I just don't really feel attachment right now to locations. Um, So I think it'd be okay. And like you're saying, it's more about like relationships and stuff for me that, you know, uh, that's what I would miss. Um, Philly, Philly does warm my heart in a lot of ways because it's just like, I don't know, you know, it's a, you know, it's the, the grittiness of it. And, um, I very much appreciate that about the city and uh, the history that the city has and, and all of that kind of thing. Um, I think it's so cool that all this history is literally like where we're living. Um, but at the same time, you know, there's, there's fun things as well. Um, I mean, I'm a giant nerd, so like I love history. So that's like, Ooh, look at all the history near us. But no, I mean like it has a great food scene. Um, I definitely think that the East Coast has a better food scene than the West Coast because in the West Coast, like, their food's great, but a lot of it is just sort of all the same. Whereas I feel like we have more culturally, like, more diversity. Yeah, more diversity in the sense of, like, food and um, not necessarily culture because, you know, there's a ton of different people. all over the country from so many different places, but more in the sense of like food and experience wise. Um, you know, I, there's, you can literally find almost any cuisine in Philadelphia. Um, and I don't feel like it's that way out West. Um, yeah, I think they have specific things that they're known for and that they've made great, but generally speaking, if you want some type of, you know, more cultural experience. Uh, I feel like Philly is sort of that place and certainly New York. Um, you know, and you know, I did go to Manhattan and I lived there for a summer and I had a great time doing that. It was a lot. Um, it nearly killed me. 
Uh, <laughs> no, I, I legitimately like thought I was going to die because of this um, terrible infection that I got in New York that had me ill for months on end. But anyhow, um, yes, great. Yeah, I, I think it's so weird because it's it's kind of contradictory in some of the senses of you know, there's always that old adage where people say for big decisions that, you know, you're always going to find a reason not to, you're always going to find a reason not to get a dog, or you're always going to find a reason not to, you know, make, be in a relationship, or you're always going to, you know, make excuses to not have a child right now, or to buy a home right now, Mm -hmm. or to move right now. And, you know, you can think of excuses when you're younger, you know, you don't have money, you don't have money saved up, you have friends around, you, you don't want to, uh, you know, miss the experience of, you know, kind of being in your early twenties. But then Definitely as you grow not. as you grow older, it's funny because it does become more difficult because obviously as you get older, you're probably in, you know, more established relationships or you're in a uh, more established job. Uh, yeah. you know, or you want to be closer to your parents because they're getting older, or you might be thinking of, you know, starting a family or whatever the situation entails. It is one of those things where you're always going to have a reason to not pick up and move. Um, you know, so I think the people that really just want to go for it, uh, and you know, are a little bit more risk takers than maybe me and you, uh, you know, we'll kind of just kind of just go for it. And like I said, you know, I had those opportunities and, you know, I, I can't tell you looking back now if I was right or wrong, or if it Mm -hmm. would, you know, definitely would have changed the scope of my life for sure. Um, you know, and, but I can't tell you if that was for the, for better or for worse or where I'd be right now. Um, Oh, for I know sure. I'm happy, and, you, know, you know, happy with where I am now and yeah. the you know decisions I made and you know where it led me to. But it's funny, you know, we talk about it all the time on here is small decisions change your life and big decisions like that. I can't even imagine, you know, what 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 would have happened. Yeah, and you know, I, even wondering what would have like, you know, I don't want to know. I guess like yeah. last week when we were talking about if you could look at your future. Um, but yeah. What uh? Yeah. What movie did you watch, Bud? We're not risk takers, I guess, as as some other people. Are. It's funny because <laughs> I know a lot of people. I I mean, I think we both would probably say that we have somebody close to us or multiple people close to us that we know took that leap. You know? Oh yeah, that, Play, I have plenty of friends that would just rip it, and I think yeah. that's awesome. I I like ripping it to a new place, like very casually and spontaneously, but not for like a permanent amount of time. Yeah. That's funny because one of my, one of my best friends is from London and he moved all over the world with his job. You know, he obviously was my boss who became one Mm -hmm. of my good friends, but his story uh, and his travel is crazy. He was, he was a rugby star and, you know, he didn't end up going pro and he was 21 when he picked up the job, was working in Newcastle, which is where he's from. And then he went and, opened an office in Australia and then the job brought him to, uh, Oh shit. What is it called? And uh, it's in China. I think it starts with an S Shanghai. No, that's a, that's a good one. Though. Singapore Damn. is Singapore yes, in China. It. I don't know, but that's it. So from Australia, then to Singapore, and then they asked him to come over to the States and help out Philadelphia, which he did. And then he left Singapore Philadelphia. Is and his own country. It is not China. So we are some uncultured swines. 
Well, I am always, I've always said I'm horrible at geography. Here I am, like, Philly's so cultured. These (laughs) dumb fucks are like, oh, yeah, Singapore, the city in China. Um, But (laughs) he kind of went all over the world. And, you know, I always, he always had stories. And I think it changed the way, like, he was all, it was so natural and easy for him to go up to anybody and just talk to them. I hate that. All the the anxiety in the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was able to just, you know, and that obviously what made him such a good salesman, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's always interesting and neat to kind of see those people at the extreme end of it, because yep. I think there's also people on the other extreme end. I think we are both kind of in the middle where I think we so. like to travel, we, you know, we've expanded our outreach, but we didn't do anything super crazy, but there's people that don't leave the hometown. You know, they, they graduate high school, they go to a college in the hometown, don't even go to college, work in the hometown. You know, I know people that live and die. Are, that are teachers in the same school district that they they graduated from, and it's it, yeah, yeah, no, I know a I, bunch I, of I them too. I can't fathom. I honest, I honestly couldn't fathom doing it. And you know, I think it's great, you know, for people to do that. I'm not knocking it at all, but I just, no, I agree. I could never wrap my head around it. that. I couldn't. couldn't I can't. I can't understand it. I can't. Yeah. I just. I. I don't know. I like. I can't even bring myself to go back to Westchester for dinner. Same. Because it feels weird to me. I don't know. I think that there's certain chapters in your life that you close. Yep. And I just couldn't imagine living in Westchester, living in Allentown. Yeah. Uh, Well, and that's the thing, too. When I lived in Westchester briefly after graduating, I I still acted like a fucking college student. I needed to mm -hmm. leave and go somewhere else to start another phase of my life and grow up. Same. It was weird. It was like Benjamin Button for me. I was in Westchester three months after graduation and mm-hmm. I acted like a complete fool. And I went home for three months to try to figure myself out and I was acting like a toddler because I just couldn't get along with the parents and um, you know them telling mm-hmm. me what to do and I had to get out. And, um, you know, I don't, foresee, like I said, I, I definitely don't foresee myself, you know, starting a family in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in the city. But, I'm enjoying this chapter now of, you know, being in the city and, and, and living alone and, you know. Seeing where it takes you. Seeing where it takes me. Um, all right. So you locked that in the judge at 7.9. Yes. Um, so I watched a movie called Zodiac uh, from 2007. Ooh, which is, is Mark Ruffalo uh, in that too? Correct. Mark Ruffalo, Jake Gyllenhaal, and Robert Downey Jr. So obviously a star set of cast. And, you know, Gyllenhaal was obviously one of this was his one of his first big movies uh, mark ruffalo was still a little bit newer to the scene as well uh so a great star studded cast and it got really good reviews 89 percent from rotten tomatoes and a 7.7 from imdb oh, wow. and i had heard a lot of good things about it it was one of those classics like i said that kind of just slipped through the cracks where i never got to watch it and i think one of the main reasons was is because its runtime is two hours and 38 minutes it's a very long movie long. for me. The judge was um, two hours and 12 minutes, and that was mm-hmm. tough. Yeah, it's hard for me to get past like 205, 210. Um, so 238 is long, and it felt long for me. <laughs> um, it was well done. In, yeah. uh, have you ever seen it? I haven't. I just, um, you know, it's hard to give something your attention for that long of a period of time. And I think it did a pretty damn good job of keeping me interested and, and attached for a big chunk of it. Um, but it, it was, it was too long, but obviously Zodiac based on true events of the Zodiac killer in, in yes. Northern and Southern California during the sixties and seventies, obviously there's a book out on it. A bajillion and, podcasts. 
the Giant Podcast, obviously True Crime, you know, junkies go crazy for the story because it technically, this isn't a spoiler because it's a true story, was was never really solved. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ending, that, I didn't know that going into the movie and that made me so angry that I watched that for that long. For <laughs> With no ending. Of, yeah, really for it never to be solved. Um, but the one of the main reasons I think people love it and rate it so highly is because the historical accuracy of a movie like mm-hmm. that and a lot of true stories try to fluff a lot of details and this is one of those that didn't do that i like for a that. lot of it um but it, it was interesting because robert downey jr's character was a crime writer for the chronicle paul avery and he wasn't really needed for the story which is what made it really strange because mm-hmm. he was a small part of but he was in the movie a ton but he was a small part of like Zodiac, obviously the Zodiac was known for, you know, murdering and taking credit for murders across Northern Southern California, but then also sending these cryptic letters to police authorities and sending them to newspapers like like the Chronicle. Yeah, very creepy shit, like testing them to catch him pretty much is what it was. And, you know, Paul Avery, you know, had gotten a letter or two. He was obviously the crime writer for the Chronicle, so had to cover the story for many years. But he really wasn't a necessity for the story, in my opinion. Yeah. Jake, like, he had a drug and alcohol problem throughout the, throughout the movie. Um, mm-hmm. You know, ended up getting fired from the Chronicle and, um, you know, was really struggling living on a boat for a while. And, you know, the story kind of centered around uh, Robert Graysmith, who was a cartoonist for the Chronicle, played by Jake Gyllenhaal, mm-hmm. and then also Mark Ruffalo, who was the detective uh, on the case. Okay. And, like I said, it was well done. Um, and it showed, you know, how obsessed the detective and then the cartoonist Graysmith got like the, 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 that was the main pull about it was this pretty much normal citizen, um, who was, you know, in love with puzzles and things like that became so unbelievably obsessed about it, that it affected his job. It affected his marriage. It affected his relationship with his children because he needed so badly to figure out and find out who this was. And it drove him crazy that, you know, law you know law enforcement kind of eventually had to give up uh on it being a primary focus um you know throughout the movie that's kind of what it shows where you know they might think they have their guy but they can't really prove it but it's just too long it spans from 1968 all the way through 1991 oh wow in two hours and 40 minutes and they don't do a good job of showing you like, okay, if this one scene is from 1975 and they just jumped to 1978, they didn't do a good job of keeping me connected that way. Okay. So it was tough for me to follow it sometimes. Um, and like I said, I know it's a true story and you have to appreciate the ending has to be true, <laughs> yeah. uh, but it was frustrating, um, you know, that they never really did obviously solve it. Mm-hmm. They had one guy who they thought was the, the, the Zodiac. He ended up dying of a fatal heart attack. The case is still open in like four or five counties in Southern California today. Wild. Um, and I'm sure, like I said, I'm sure true crime junkies really, you know, grow crazy for it. So seven, seven for IMDb and 89% for rotten tomatoes. I couldn't get that high. Um, I thought for, I rated a 7.3. Um, it's a good movie with a great cast and they do a fantastic job of acting those three guys, but it's a little long. It's a little drug out. Um, and a little bit, of almost a fluffer main character for Robert Downey Jr. where I didn't see the full need. I thought he needed to be more involved in, in certain parts of the movie. Um, so that was some of the reasons I gave it a 7.3, but a very, very solid movie. I would recommend watching it, but make sure you have some time or a few days to carve out of your schedule to 
to be able to get it done and finished. Um, obviously, it's a little bit tougher to draw back to real life, but I do know a lot of people love true crime, love listening to true crime podcasts, uh, and people be people become obsessed with it. Uh, yes, I know you are one of those people that love them. <laughs> I love fan of them. true crime. They are super intriguing, but really the question was not technically around true crime, but have you ever in your life gotten so obsessed with something, whether it be a school assignment, a work task, a relationship, uh, you know, trying to be, uh, trying to forge a relationship, gossip about, you know, things being said about you, a friendship, anything at all, um, a a murder. (laughs) (laughs) Have you become obsessed uh, with anything so much where it started to affect your your daily life? Um, You know, whether that be work, school, friendship, relationship. So I wouldn't necessarily say I was obsessed as in, it was literally my job. Um, I worked on a campaign in 2016, which I believe I've disclosed on here before. Mm -hmm. And as I worked on the campaign, I was working like 12 to 14 hour days for a while. Mm -hmm. And that was like seven days a week. Um, So there, there were times where I just sort of like woke up and I was like talking in my sleep. Um, I was talking about, politics in my sleep i was talking about the lizard people Mm, creepier yeah um because (laughs) my like i would just like so i it was weird it's like i wouldn't be fully asleep but i wasn't conscious of what i was saying and i would just say random shit and um again like that's because i was like eating sleeping breathing work and that's it. Like I wasn't, I was barely eating anyways at that time because like I didn't have time to cook anything ever. So I was like eating takeout. I just felt like shit. Mm. So it was more of a sense that (laughs) work took over my entire life. It wasn't necessarily an obsession that I had, but it turned into one in a sense where I, like I could not get away from it. Um, I go through phases, I think, where I will heavily research something or a specific person for, like, three weeks or something or, like, two weeks just because I'm interested in learning more about them. And then I'm, like, done. Mm. Um, But, yeah, it's just sometimes you just go down a rabbit hole. I I go down many rabbit holes. Um, just out of curiosity because I like to learn a lot and I like to store all of this useless information in my brain, um, which makes me surprisingly a very good trivia. Trivia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, I, I, again, I don't think they were all necessarily purposeful obsessions. They just sort of happen. And Mm. like, as of late, I, and like obsessed with Laura Dern. I think she's so great. <laughs> and like, you know, the playoffs were on for basketball. I was like, eat, sleep, breathe, like Sixers all the time. Mm-hmm. Fuck them. But anyways, you know, it, it's just dependent on what's I, – and honestly, I sort of feel like with being in quarantine, I've been doing that more often. Like I just throw myself fully into something. Um Lately, it's golf. I decided <laughs> to take golfing lessons. I go to the driving range a few times a week to practice. Like, I, 
I think I'm just bored, so I go down rabbit holes and get obsessed with things, and then I just, like, full force go for it. Like, it's either all or nothing for me. Like, you're getting everything or you're getting nothing, and life is just a fucking balancing act, and I'm not very good at balancing, so I need to work on that. It's an opportunity area for me, Um, but what about you? Any weird obsessions, like, with... You know, no, I, I don't think I try to like watch the movie and and try try to understand why he was so obsessed with it, and you know having no connection to it, obviously. Yeah. And then later in the movie, he does because he gets himself involved. But it, it, you know, there was a part of the movie where the wife asked him like, "Why do you need to see this through? When will this be over?" Mm-hmm. And all he can tell her is, "I just need to know who it is. I need to stand there and know that this is who did it." And, you know, he said his whole life, like, he loved puzzles. He was obsessed with figuring out, you know, codes. And um, I don't think there's anything, you know, I try to think and be like, what what has made me, you know, like that, where it affects other parts of my life, um, which it really does affect Robert Graysmith, you know, life uh, yeah. in many ways. Um, and I couldn't really come to one. I think I'm similar to you where there's phases, especially in quarantine, where it's like, oh, I'm going to learn how to play the guitar. Yeah. And then you buy a guitar and you buy lessons and then you're like, okay, well, this is pretty fun. I'm never going to be Bob Dylan on the guitar. <laughs> so I, I think I, think I want to find something yeah. so bad that I'm going to be so great at. Uh, and yeah. then like when you find out that, you know, you're mediocre or less than mediocre in a lot of these hobbies, you, you, you know, it becomes like, okay, well, this is, this is a little ridiculous. Yeah. Um, well, and I think that's also very interesting too for us as humans. I think that because we're so exposed to people who do things so well on social media mm-hmm. – when it doesn't hit that ideal standard that we are being reinforced to see, it's like it's mm-hmm. pointless, you know? Like, sometimes I feel like that when I'm, like, looking at, like, these ripped people who, like, go to the gym all day, every day. I'm like, I, like I'm never going to look like that. My body's just not built mm-hmm. that way. So yeah. what is the point? But, like, at the same time, it's it's a fun thing to just, like, have a little competition with yourself and see how far you can go and how far you can push yourself and you don't always need to compare to other people like that's going to be the death of us comparison um yeah and i I think social media has really just made it impossible to not have it be ridiculously high expectations just pretty much like a world talent show all the time whether it be like you said people in the gym whether it be entertainers musicians athletes you know you're seeing so many unbelievable things or people portraying themselves Mm -hmm. as doing these unbelievable things or making all this money or living in these crazy places or traveling to these, um, you know, other countries. And, and, you know, I think, you know, I think that maybe does play a part in it, but, you know, I I think, you know, I've been pretty level-headed in a lot of areas, you know, definitely, you know, I like to, you know, I enjoy the time in the gym for me, you know, I, I know what, you know, I keep, you know, I know what I need to do to make myself feel good about it. Mm -hmm. And this summer really have picked up, like you mentioned, um, you know, golf. And I think, you know, maybe spending a little bit more money on it than I should, um, you know, but that's because, you know, I really want to get better at it, but it's not because I want to be on the pro tour. It's just really, you know, be great to be able to play at a certain level where you can play with pretty much anybody and mm-hmm. can go to these certain courses or maybe do amateur tournaments or something like that. Um, so th- yeah, there's all, there's, there's things like that, but there, there was, there was nothing that I was like, Oh, I was obsessed with this. Yeah. Where I needed to, um, 
I mean, this whole podcast is based on the premise of me being obsessed with celebrities in Hollywood, obviously. Uh, So that's always been a thing back to Mm -hmm. college when I had, I had office hours when I was the head sports editor at the newspaper, I had to keep Tuesday and Thursdays. I'll never forget Tuesday and Thursdays, 10 to 12. I had to keep office hours. Nobody would ever fucking come in because it was a volunteer writing spot. Yeah. I had to beg my writers to write and, you know, let alone come into office hours. So <laughs> I had these things called Tuesday, Thursday, uh, YouTube days. So I would call them YouTube Thursday, YouTube Tuesday, where I was just in rabbit holes of interviews of celebrities on talk shows, on Howard mm-hmm. Stern, on Fallon, on Corden, on Kimmel, on uh, Piers Morgan, on, you know, all of these different talk shows for hours and hours. And I remember my friends at the time, a girlfriend at the time were just like, dude, like no one's coming to the office. Why don't you like go to the gym with us or come grab a bite to eat or go hang out with my girlfriend. And I was like, no, I want to keep the YouTube Tuesday, YouTube Thursday. Like this is what I need. I love this time. So that's maybe the closest thing to it. And I still do it four or five nights a week before I go to bed. I have rabbit holes of, I have these rabbit holes. I, you know, I have this unbelievable list on my phone that just like takes me through dozens and dozens of videos that I haven't seen or interviews I haven't heard. Um, so the, for me, that's probably the closest thing, but that was never like, Oh, I want to be, it's never an obsession. Like, Oh, I want to be them. Right. Right. It's more of an obsession just about like the human condition and learning about others experiences. Yeah. I think that's that's, what it is. Yeah. No, I get that. I'd I'd rather be Howard Stern than I would rather be Matt instead of Matthew McConaughey. Like I'd rather be the person getting talk to them, these stars all the time. And I think that's where part of the obsession came from. And hence, you know, the, the career I desired and, you know, what we're doing here every week. Um, Your obsession. So, and that's what we're doing. I guess, that, I guess that ties all the credits all together. It does. Um, all right. Well, so I'll lock in at 7.3. Like I said, a good movie, but definitely a little bit long. Um, so do you have your good news tidbits for the week that we I don't have are- tidbits, but I have a story. All right. We'll take the story. All right. So this is uh, from a woman named Tahara. Um, okay. Okay, great. Um, and this is – I'm just going to read everything that she wrote. So this is quoted. Um, Someone left me 250 bucks in cash in an envelope on my door, and I was confused wondering who left it. Then I got a text from this guy in my complex who's a single dad. I always cook way too much food, so instead of me wasting it, I just give it to him and his kids. He sent me a text message saying that the days I would leave him food were the days he struggled to feed his kids, and I had no idea. I was just trying to not waste my good cooking. But he said he just got a big promotion at work and received a big bonus, and I was the first person he thought of. He said I was an angel in his life and didn't even know it. And my sensitive ass can't stop crying. I had no clue that that man was struggling to feed his family, um, but it was in my heart to give him the food. You never know what people are going through. So if it's on your heart to do something nice for someone, just do it. You don't always have to know the full story. We all need help sometimes and have too much pride to ask. I don't judge anyone for their struggles, but all I know is I can't stop crying. That really touched my soul. Um. So, you know, I think uh, in, you know, the times we have now, um, just go the extra step um, to be kind to people because we're all struggling in our own ways every every day, regardless of a pandemic, um, but even more so with a pandemic because of all the challenges it presents for 
literally everybody. Um, so do yeah. do a good deed. That's your uh, that's your homework for next week, um, listeners, and you, Ryan. We didn't talk about it, but I didn't do my homework from last week either. Do you remember what it was? Yeah, you were supposed to watch. Um, <laughs> what were you supposed to watch? Shit. Daruno and something. Oh, Daisy and Miro. Miro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I didn't do it. You didn't remind me though. That to be fair, I told you to remind me. But I'll do a good deed this week. Okay, fine. And I'll listen to Lewis and Denaro. <laughs> I will send you a link. Okay. Um, no, great story. I think it, I think it really reigns true, uh, especially in these times. Like you mentioned, in the pandemic, it affects everybody differently, from parents to school children to us. Yeah. And, you know, to really anybody in between, it affects us all differently. Also, we're not going to circle back on doing the good deed. We're just going to trust that each other are going to do the good deed because if you talk about it, you're not doing a fucking good deed. You're just bragging. So, yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of back and forth on social media where people don't believe that they should post good deeds and it you know takes away the senior sincerity of uh, of the deed that you did. I think it depends um, on the deed. Lately I've been seeing people play right. like fucking rock paper scissors with delivery people and being like here's a giant tip. Just give them the tip and don't record it. Like Yeah, I'm on the fence. I think some of the stuff who the fuck cares if they want to record it, you know. Yeah. If, if some if somebody like is tipping a waitress like 300% and they want to record that then yeah, no, I have no qualms. I mean, it's I just I would not do that. No, I wouldn't do it either. No, but you know, it's so crazy that people go nuts on on social media about like, oh, you're not you're not doing it for the right reasons. Like, they did it. You know, right. it's, it helped that person. And at the end of the day, we all need help. And I think some people are a little bit more reluctant to to get and give help. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's tough to to receive help. It's just as tough as it is to receive help. And it is to give some. So here are all the credits. Please do something good. Um, and uh, we'll uh, we'll trust that you will. Shall we go to the wheel? Let's go to the wheel, bud. Our wheel is really starting to thin out. We're going to start some, putting some, uh, some more names on here. I'm a little disappointed we haven't hit Jennifer Aniston yet. She's on it. I know she is. That was I the first like name I told you to put on it. Oh, wait. This guy. We, we've done. I don't know. How have we done? Shoot, I forget. Whatever, we're going we're to spin it. If we've done it, you're going to have to tell me because you do all the social media. Let's see if I can uh, remember. Wow, we were just one off of Jennifer Aniston. Oh, fuck. Honestly, oh, no, I was hoping. It, too, it, it rolled a little bit further. Oh. But we were really close to Jennifer Aniston. I, that's why I said it. I wanted us to get close, but it's fine. We have the greatest voice of all time to look into and he is, is a star and morgan freeman that is correct he is uh obviously his coming to to roll movie uh was shawshank redemption which is the second or third best film i've ever seen um and it is widely known as the best movie of all time i'm hope have you seen it if you haven't that's what you're watching <laughs> all right have you not seen it i haven't that's what you watch that's it i'm 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 putting the hammer down. So you'll be watching Shawshank Redemption. It has a bajillion themes that relate back to real life. It is a phenomenal Great. movie. I will you take will really, notes. You'll really, really enjoy it. Um, awesome. So I will look in to see what I haven't seen. Uh, obviously, Morgan Freeman has been in 
Uh, Bruce Almighty, he's played God because he is God. He has been in, uh, obviously, the Batman movies with, um, uh, oh my goodness gracious, Christian Bale. I'm sorry. He's been in the Batman trilogy when Christian Bale was Batman, um, as well as a ton of other movies uh, back in the day, or as early as Driving Miss Daisy. He doesn't do as much stuff nowadays. Um, you know, there's stories out there that he, you know, is um, he's missing a hand, which is kind of like one of those things where people don't know. But if you look at pictures, uh, he's had a had a car accident, I think it was, and you know, has tried to wow. play it off that he, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, but he hasn't been in a lot recently. But we'll see if there's anything that you know that slipped through the cracks. But either way, one of the best actors of all time, and by far. The best, silkiest, smoothest voice well, his that, voice that is we, wonderful. we've ever heard. Um, and Tina is going to watch one of the best movies of all time. So I'm very excited for that. Um, what if I hate it? You won't. It's really impossible. I've never met somebody that hasn't said it was a great movie. Okay. You're going you're gonna to cry. Oh. You're going to laugh. It's so good. I it's can't so wait good. to do it's, it all. It's one of those Feel timeless the movies. Feelings. Okay. It was timeless. made probably at this point 35, 40 years ago. Um, and it's just, it's so fucking good. Um, all right. Well, that will do it here for roll the credits, Robert Downey Jr. Um, as always, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, and hopefully you guys are continuing to survive and thrive during this pandemic, as well as anybody out there listening that is in, um, you know, some of the areas that are, you know, kind of going to be hit with this, uh, hurricane you know obviously hurricane season uh, of course is on top of us now in 2020 one of the another thing to deal with but i know there's some some storms hitting the coast of florida in louisiana and texas so if you guys are listening out there please stay safe um anywhere you are wear your mask follow your orders register to vote um do all the things that please register um, to vote that you can do to affect change uh in this country if you need help registering to vote hit us up we'll help you dm us DM us, follow us on social media for other reasons as well. Um, yes, as we, always, we we're trying to there too. grow our subscribers, review, rate the show. Uh, if you're listening, we really do uh, and would appreciate it. We're working on getting some more actors on the show so you can listen to interviews there as well. So thank you guys as always for tuning in. I'm Ryan. And I'm Tina. 